Informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And welcome into AOA here today. Thank you for joining us on Agriculture of America as we are broadcasting live from the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee here today. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Great to have you along for the ride as we talk about issues impacting rural America. We're going to learn more about the summit. We're going to talk about some of the folks who are here with Casey Seymour from Moving Iron. Coming up here in segment two today. We're going to get a dive into what's going on in the equipment market as well. Andy Campbell from Tractor Zoom is going to join us coming up here in segment three as well. And we're also going to be talking with uh, some of the folks at Merritt Auctions later on in the program here in segment four. So all of that is coming up here on today's program. AOA brought to you by our friends at Cenex Premium Diesel. For Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Everyday products powered locally. That's Cenex. First, though, we want to turn our attention to Washington, D.C. There's a lot going on. Congress back in session we got to figure out appropriations, spending, a farm bill, so much in front of us here to uh, give us an update and bring us some of the latest. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report is with us on AOA today. Jerry, thanks for joining us. I hope you're doing well. Well, thank you, Jesse, for inviting me. This is my first appearance with you. Uh, Congratulations on uh, the new job, and uh, uh, I look forward to being back in touch with your uh, listeners. Well, and I thank you for accepting the invitation as well, Jerry. Let's uh, let's dive in here and uh, get down to business, so to speak. A lot going on in Washington, D.C. right now as Congress is back in session. We've been talking a lot about this farm bill probably getting delayed past September 30th. I know we got some appropriations battles. We got a lot, to, a lot going on in the House right now specifically. Get us up to speed. What's some of the latest you're hearing there on Capitol Hill? Well, the, the Senate is considering the next year appropriations bill on the Senate floor this week. They're supposed to have the first procedural vote on it this afternoon. Um, but on the farm bill, I see things uh, being really delayed. I don't see any uh, uh, near action. I think there will be some programs that may be extended in a continuing resolution uh, or perhaps other legislation. Uh, but quite frankly, I think there isn't pressure from the farm bill because farm incomes are pretty high and the farmers aren't saying pass this bill right away. Instead, they're, they're still trying to get the things, that, the various groups are trying to get the things that they want out of the bill. Well, Jerry, I know uh, the Senate this week sounds like they're going to advance some spending bills. Uh, on the House side, though, with the with the Freedom Caucus members, there's been a lot of talk there that they could try to derail things on the House side, and yet the Senate could maybe try to jam the House, uh, so to speak, with maybe a take-it-or-leave-it type of spending bill to keep the government open here ahead of October 1st. I mean, what's your take on, on that whole situation? I wouldn't be surprised if the Senate prevails in this. The House it seems absolutely incapable of acting on the Agricultural Appropriations Bill. The House is back this week, and they have announced that they are going to take up the defense bill. And they couldn't pass the uh, ag bill out of the appropriations or the, or the uh, rules committee before the break. And now they've just gone totally silent on that subject. 
And that's because the Freedom Caucus members want more cuts than Republicans who are from rural districts are willing to uh, to take. Where are some of those cuts uh, from the House Freedom Caucus members? Where are they looking for cuts? Is it to the, the SNAP, the nutrition title? Is it uh, FDA spending bills with USDA? I and mean, where are they looking for cuts here, Jerry? Well, the biggest cuts that they want are in uh, nutrition, uh, nutrition spending, uh, which already got a cut, of course, in the debt ceiling bill. Uh, but they kind of want an overall cut. Uh, um, uh, Secretary Vilsack says that they want to cut the USDA budget by one third, just cut it all over the place. Uh, now, I don't think anybody's ever going to stand for that. Uh, so we just have to wait and wait and see what happens. But, you know, they've only got two weeks to do this. Uh, they've got to do something by September 30th or the government mm-hmm. will shut down. Well, and that's that's just it. With a government shutdown looming, what uh, you know, what could happen here? What are what are we facing? I would have to think that as this clock keeps ticking, the pressure is going to ratchet up even more and more to avoid a government shutdown. But I know, Jerry, we've been down this type of road before, haven't we? Well, we have done, been down this road before, and government shutdowns are very rare. And usually the party that pushes the shutdown gets punished in the next election. So there are a lot of people telling the Republicans, don't do this. You're going to, you're, you know, you're only going to hurt yourselves uh, in the long run. But for the farmers, of course, the issue is if they're applying for any programs, all of this is going to be uh, delayed uh, as government employees can't process any application. Well, and that's going to be a, a big key as well is that if we can get if we can get through a government shutdown i think there'll be some light at the end of the tunnel here i've been talking with uh, various folks senator grassley i know we're going to hear from him again tomorrow uh talked with gt thompson the house ag chair we've talked with john bozeman Uh, a lot of folks seem optimistic that they can get through this and and then get a farm bill done by the end of the calendar year um to me it would seem like if we can get through this ordeal with a government shutdown looming that maybe we could get some light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, Jerry? Well, I would see light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm not sure we're going to get a farm bill done this year. I'm still hoping that we will get a farm bill done before Senator Stabenow retires at the end of 2024. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I won't be surprised if the bill uh, drags into uh, 2024. although she wants it done by the end of the year. Senator Stabenow says it's often been delayed, but usually passed by the, you know, by December. And I've been here sometimes when we've been working on that in December. Uh, you know, it's not very pretty before Christmas, but it can get done. Well, Jerry, we have about a minute here. Anything else you are keeping an eye on uh, there in D.C. on Capitol Hill or anything else you want to mention just about what we have going on right now in Congress? Uh, well, what I'm keeping my eye on is that Senator Bozeman and the, and the Republicans say they need to raise the reference prices for the, for the major commodities so that it, uh, they're more in keeping with modern costs. Uh, but uh, Secretary Vilsack yesterday told the National Farmers Union, don't take money out of the conservation program in the Inflation Reduction Act to do that. So there is a direct conflict between the question of raising these reference prices and continuing the climate-smart agriculture programs that the Biden administration has emphasized. 
How they resolve that is the main thing that I'm going to be watching in the next few months. Well, Jerry, we'll stay close with you. We'll have you back on again soon here on AOA to uh, give us an update and talk about all the issues happening there on Capitol Hill. For now, though, we'll let you go. Jerry Hagstrom with the Hagstrom Report. Thanks so much for joining us on AOA today, Jerry. We appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm honored to talk to your listeners. Jerry Hagstrom there with the Hagstrom Report, giving us an update of what is happening on Capitol Hill. A lot to discuss, a lot to get through. We're going to keep our eyes on it here on AOA. Coming up next, we're going to bring it back to the Moving Iron Summit here in Nashville. We're going to talk with Casey Seymour from Moving Iron. We're also going to talk with Andy Campbell from Tractor Zoom. All that more coming up here on AOA, brought to you by Cenex. Cenex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, oil that runs smart. Back with more AOA right after this. At Bayer, we think farmers have made enough trade-offs. That's why we created VT4 Pro with RNAi technology, so you don't have to choose between yield potential or our widest spectrum of insect protection. You get both. And you're even protected against notorious pests like corn earworm and corn rootworm. Visit vt4pro.com to trade up without the trade-offs. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2023 Bayer Group. Always reserved. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, where we take a close look at the benefits of cooperative ownership. Every week, we'll host a new guest and discuss how you can get the most from working with your local cooperative. And we'll learn why farmers and ranchers just like you choose cooperatives to help them persevere and prosper. Tune in each Tuesday or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. The archaeological record suggests that wheat was first cultivated in the regions of the Fertile Crescent, also known as the Cradle of Civilization, around 9600 BC. The Roman goddess Ceres, who was deemed protector of the grain, gave grains their common name today, cereal. Wheat is the primary grain used in U.S. grain products. Approximately three-quarters of all U.S. grain products are made from wheat flour. The first bagel rolled into the world in 1683 when a baker from Vienna, Austria, was thankful to the King of Poland for saving Austria from Turkish invaders, the baker reshaped the local bread so that it resembled the king's stirrup. The new bread was called bugel, derived from the German word for stirrup. Ancient traditional tortillas were made from ground corn by Mexican natives as long as 2,000 years ago. However, flour tortillas only started to become popular in the 19th century. More types of foods are made with wheat than with any other cereal grain. These farm facts brought to you by the American Egg Network. What do Mick Jagger, Barbara Walters, and Star Jones all have in common? They've all suffered from something called heart valve disease. Heart valve disease affects 11 million Americans, and if left untreated, can lead to death. Unfortunately, less than one in four Americans have much knowledge of this disease that kills more than 25,000 people every year. The good news is that if heart valve disease is treated, patients can recover and live long, happy, and productive lives. But in order to treat heart valve disease, you need to know if you have it. If you or your loved ones are over the age of 65, have been treated with radiation to the chest, have been diagnosed with a heart murmur, or have a history of heart disease, it's time to listen to your heart. Ask your doctor today about screening for heart valve disease. A message brought to you by Heart Valve Voice U.S. 
For more information about the symptoms and treatment for valve disease, go to heartvalvevoice-us.org. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. Welcome back here to AOA as we continue from the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. Jesse Allen back with you here on the show. Brought to you by our friends at SEDEX. SEDEX Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Everyday products powered locally. That's SEDEX. And I think of those uh, great SEDEX products. They're uh, diesel engine oil there, that Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, for instance, uh, keeping everything uh, properly lubricated in our equipment as we get ready for fall harvest season and with Senex Premium Diesel keeping us uh, fueled and on the go here as uh, we're getting ready for a busy time of year around the Corn Belt. And we're going to talk now about uh, what is going on on the equipment side, tractor sales, combine sales, etc. Andy Campbell with Tractor Zoom joining me here at the Moving Iron Summit. Andy, it's good to see you, buddy. How are you? Jesse, uh, I cannot complain especially being here in Nashville. It's a great town. Yeah, I'm uh, happy to uh, have you folks here in, uh, in my neck of the woods for a couple of days, and uh, great to catch up with you here in person. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, last time we had a conversation, we were talking about combines and just what was out there for, for combines, the kind of a, a bit of a supply backlog, it seemed like, a lot of combines out there. So get, get us up to speed. What's going on with the combine market right now? Yeah, so last time we talked early in August, we were tracking a big supply of combines, largely due to the manufacturers delivering those late to farmers, and then that creating a bit of a backlog ripple that the dealers had to work through. And that's really pushed that all the way up to August. You saw a lot of dealer auctions happen in July, August. And what that really has done, especially for those Class 8 combines, it's dropped that price. And so we're seeing a year-over-year anywhere from a 4 to a 10% decline in those prices of those Class 8 combines, whether it's at auction, and we're even seeing the dealers being forced to drop that price down a little bit. Uh, yeah, it's it's a tough situation for those. Yeah, tough situation. Have to think uh, that'd be good for uh, end-of-the-year sales, and I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but just mm -hmm. that oversupply of combines out there, I mean, what has led to that? Has it just been a case of Nobody's wanting to buy a new combine right now or even a couple-year-old combine? Right. It, well, it's been a little bit from the manufacturer's standpoint that they were still suffering a bit through the uh, supply chain issues okay, sure. in last fall. But then we also have this bigger issue, and a lot of the dealers down here at the Moving Iron Summit are talking about it, is you've got a bit of a ceiling for a lot of America's farmers on those Class A combines, that they can go up to a Class A, but to go from a Class A to a Class 9, that is a significant jump. And mm -hmm. so there, there are a lot of Class 8s out there. So if farmers are looking for a buying opportunity, I think it's to be had. Uh, but everybody down here is a little aware of the fact that to make that jump from a, an 8 to a 9 is not the same as going from a 7 to an 8. So it's going to create a, a bit of an ongoing issue, I think, as well. Okay, fair enough. Well, and to your point, you, you mentioned some of the conversations you're having with folks here at the Moving Iron Summit. What are the expectations heading into harvest? What are you seeing uh, with Tractor Zoom? What are you hearing from colleagues here at the summit i mean how are things kind of shaping up as we get ready for harvest yeah so on tractorzoom.com we're still seeing a, a healthy appetite out there for equipment i think even though there's a huge question mark on profitability and regionality and how different areas are going to do this year uh there's still enough farmers i think that carried over crop from last year into this year that it's still going to be a relatively good profitable year and there'll be some money to spend towards the end of the year 
the biggest thing that we're tracking right now from equipment is row crop tractors. Mm -hmm. So that oversupply that we saw with combines, we're seeing that a little bit with your larger frame row crop tractors, especially in the northern and the western states, uh, up in the Dakotas, 8R tractors, a bit of a problem child from a dealer supply standpoint, and you're starting to see them drop the price and start to move those a little bit east and a little bit south. So another potential buying opportunity. Yeah, interesting looking at some of those row crop tractors and having to think that maybe, you know, it's getting that time of year. I, I don't typically feel like we see a lot of folks buying during harvest because they're mm -hmm. way too busy, but maybe they realize that something's beyond repair in the shed as they're getting ready for fall harvest. Maybe that's the case, but just kind of an interesting trend you guys are seeing there with row crop tractors, I right. think. Right. And so from a dealer standpoint, they don't want to sit on the, the inventory. And so yeah. they're looking to, to move that out a little bit. They're not overly worried about it, but it, it does cost them money to have that sit on the lot for a little while. And from a farmer standpoint, I think they're looking ahead saying, okay, what do I need my operation for next year? They're conditioned from the last couple of years of things not being out there. And so they're being a little more proactive. We're seeing them go on to tractorzoom.com, save some of those searches so they can be alerted when the tractor that fits their bill shows up, they'll get an alert. I wonder too if um, maybe some new deal, you know, dealers having new models coming in. If that's right. a part of it, you know, I think about that every year when you go to buy a new car or truck, you you see the latest, the greatest model on the lot. So is that part of some of this as well, Andy? It is, and that really creates a, a really a conundrum for those dealers because those latest and greatest models come out, and you've got some larger farmers that will go out and they'll buy those or possibly lease those. Yeah. It's really that second buyer from those big price increases, once that you know that combine or that tractor is used, it's finding that second buyer of a late model, low hour piece, that is not easy to do. And so a lot of times those things might even get shipped away to a different part of the country, sometimes even shipped out of the country because they're so expensive to hold on to, not a lot of buyers creates an issue. And creates an issue and it ends up being the case of, you know, what you've alluded to, we can get rid of it, let's get rid of it, even if we gotta ship it across the country, et cetera, just, get it off the lot basically yep, right absolutely we're talking with andy campbell from tractor zoom and andy let's talk as well as we get out of harvest end of the year's right around the corner and i i feel like typically end of the year you have a conversation with your tax mm -hmm. accountant and they say hey you might need to make a purchase of some sort here to help kind of balance the books a little bit i feel like that's a typical kind of thing so what are we looking at end of the year and then into 24. yeah for overall demand like I said, I think it's going to be almost as spotty as the rain showers have been this year. Sure. Uh, okay. Some areas are doing extremely well, better than they thought. You can go two counties over and you're not getting the yields you expected. You might even pull some insurance money. And so I think the demand is going to be a little spotty across the board. But again, enough of the carryover crop from last year, I think will provide profitability for some farmers this year. And really, I think what's going to happen is that we're seeing it now, the uh, the hopper bottom trailers, the, the grain carts, those are increasing in value at auction and on dealers lots i think a little bit of that is a spillover from people moving up to that class nine or class 10 combines they just need to move more grain and so they're buying those things kind of forcing that price a little bit higher but other things we're watching self-propelled sprayers mm -hmm. right now that market has been extremely strong they've held their their value but i would not be surprised if we wait a couple months maybe even early into 2024 and we start to see self-propelled spares start to follow the track that combines did that larger row crop tractors are currently doing. That's interesting. And I wonder other things maybe coming along besides sprayers kind of following that same trend. I mean, 
you, you look out at semis and, and big trailers there, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, is there anything else that are, are we starting a, a larger trend here? Do you think Andy? Yeah. You know, I, I think, and, and maybe I hope uh, that it'll stop with the chaos on the, the combines, large tractors and sprayers. Yeah, we've certainly been seeing it with compact tractors. If you're looking for a compact tractor, great time to buy because mm -hmm. they're they're mounting up everywhere financing's not great but if you can pay with cash i think you can get yourself a really good deal uh that's out there but for the other pieces planters are a really interesting piece to follow right now because there's so many people that are you know adding on precision to the yeah to every single row and that really creates an issue on the trade-in values because it's no longer just a db60 that just got out of the shop and you're selling it the exact same way you might have retrofitted the rows but I, what I can tell farmers is, and what we're seeing with our data, that typically you're probably not going to get out of that trade-in what you put into it. And so farmers, every field is different. Every preference is different. And so you're likely not going to find another buyer that has the same preference, that has mm -hmm. the same type of field type, that has the same type of tillage practices you do. And so for anybody that's, that's you know tacking onto their bar, uh, just be expected that if you do go to trade that in, that it's going to be hard for a dealer to turn around and find another buyer that that values it just as much as what you did. That's a great point and something I definitely did not think about. And you mentioned, you know, financing is not great right now. We know interest rates are, are tough and the cost of borrowing money is tough. A lot of farmers, though, still potentially sitting on some cash from a few good years. So maybe they're still going to be looking to buy some here towards the end of the year. Maybe they'll hold a little bit back just to make sure they have that cash flow. But I mean, I, I feel like that still could be a possibility here with a, a lot of farmers sitting on some money in the bank right now. Right, right. Yeah, the last few years have been a little bit of a blessing in terms of the cash that they've given us, the profitability, the grain in the bin. And so I think farmers can use that to their advantage if they need to make a purchase for this year. You know, looking forward, yeah. the, the commodity markets don't look fantastic. So we no. might be in for a long tail here. And so you certainly need to have enough to kind of weather the storm for what the next few years need to look like. But if you're in a position with your operation where you do need to, to grow, where you need to upgrade something, this may be a year to get a tax benefit with it if the price is right for what you have. Because if you have cash, then you can avoid a lot of those interest rates that you might not be able to avoid in the following years. Fantastic. Andy, if folks want to uh, learn more about Tractor Zoom and uh, check things out that you guys have on your website more, uh, what is that website they can look at? Yeah, it's tractorzoom.com. It's super slick, easy site to go through. I use it for our operation. Like to uh, bought a seed tender off of it with the saved search. So I got alerted exactly when what I was looking for came available. And so it's just a great way to go find the equipment you need or save your search. And then so you're just alerted when whatever you need shows up, you have the option to buy and you know that it's out there. Easy to use tractorzoom.com. We've been talking to Andy Campbell from Tractor Zoom. Andy, good to see you, buddy. Thanks for joining me. We'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, Jesse. Thank you. And coming up next, we're going to talk with Casey Seymour from Moving Iron about the summit here in Nashville, Tennessee. We'll be back with more AOA brought to you by Senex Premium Diesel, fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Back with more AOA right after this.
On the latest episode of the Monthly Grind, we talked corn as a feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel with Sarah McKay and John Del Monte from NCGA's Market Development Action Team. Essentially, when we say SAF or sustainable aviation fuel, that is fuel that is produced from sustainable feedstocks like corn, which is you know pretty much identical in chemistry to the traditional petro-based jet fuel, but is made from, from corn, whether it's from corn oil in one of those pathways for SAF, or you can also do an ethanol to jet that alcohol pathway is also another pathway that can be pursued for sustainable aviation fuel. When I look at the, the fuels market as a whole, is there's discussions around the automotive market maybe moving more toward electric. We sort of have to ask ourselves, so what happens to that ethanol demand? SAF creates a huge, huge market for that product. And ultimately, the bigger point is, is it creates demand for corn. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the Monthly Grind. It's a show you don't want to miss. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this market update. The grains are starting with a lower tone this morning. Soybeans are down sharply. Wheat is down moderately. Corn is cut somewhere in between. Livestock is mostly higher this morning, but we aren't seeing any triple-digit gains yet. Now, USDA will release its monthly WASDE crop report at 11 a.m. today. It will set the tone for the egg commodity markets for the weeks and months ahead, following a challenging Midwest growing season and a world that's adjusting to geopolitical risks in the Black Sea region as well as China. Today's USDA corn and soybean yield estimates will be the first of the year, resulting from actual field sampling. That's going to provide us with our best perspective on this year's crops to date. Now, the expectation is that USDA will cut its yield estimate for corn by another 1.6 bushels to 173.5 bushels per acre. Now, that would still keep projected stocks for the 23-24 marketing year more than ample to meet anticipated soft demand over the coming year. USDA is also expected to reduce its soybean yield by 0.7 bushels to 50.2 bushels per acre. Now, that would further tighten already snug stocks for the coming year, and those numbers have not been priced into the market. The question is, where will USDA come in relative to those expectations and what it will do for the demand side of the balance sheet? The potential is there for quite a ride this afternoon after that report comes out. A showdown is setting up in Europe as Poland takes a hard stand against Ukrainian grain crossing its border. The European Union is considering whether to extend a ban on Ukrainian grain moving into five countries that border Ukraine on its western border. The ban is set to expire on Friday if it is not extended, but Poland's prime minister stated today that it will not allow Ukrainian grain to cross its border no matter what the EU decides regarding the larger ban. While the dollar is firming up today, remaining just below six-month highs, and crude oil prices are almost 2% higher as they post yet another nine-month high on concerns about tightening global supplies. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. 54. So, basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going... (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council.
keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. And AOA today brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. That is Cenex Premium Diesel, everyday products powered locally by Cenex. We continue here from the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee. Joining us now with Moving Iron LLC and the Moving Iron Podcast, Casey Seymour. Casey, it's good to see you, buddy. How are you? Good to see you, Jesse. Thanks for making the trip down, man. Well, I really appreciate the invite. Happy to be here. And this is uh, this is great. And just looking here over over the trade show area, you guys have a lot of different groups uh, throughout the the equipment side of agriculture, tractors, combines, etc. Financing folks here more. You guys just you have a lot of great people here. And just talk about kind of the turnout and and putting this together. I've seen you running around here all morning so far. Kind of, you're you're the man running the show right now, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to take all that credit, but my wife, friend, my wife Jackie, helps me do all this stuff, and she's behind the scenes making sure that all this stuff goes the way they need to. But yeah, you know, it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, we started this. Uh, I don't know, back in 2013. This is the tenth year we've done it, and uh, it's one of those deals where we get everyone together, do a networking thing and get to know some people. And then we bring some industry experts in to talk about what they see happening and, and some of the products that they're offering that can help, you know, dealers be more effective with their customers. And that's, it's great to have kind of these, uh, these brain trust type meetings, so mm-hmm. to speak, and these networking meetings. And, you know, you pick a good destination city yeah. like a Nashville, Tennessee, and folks get excited. They want to sure. come down and hang out for a couple of days. And, yep. but just like you said, getting industry experts here, talking to dealers everyone trying to make each other's lives a little bit easier that's the beautiful thing about agriculture is yeah there might be a little bit of competition but there's also a lot of you know camaraderie and folks wanting to work together yeah we're all fighting the same fight so i mean there's there's nobody out on an island someplace that's uh doing something different or seeing something different than what than what we're all doing and uh their approach to uh starting that fire might be a little bit different than everybody else's but ultimately at the end of the day we we're, we're looking at some you know things we're seeing coming into 24 and what that might look like and, mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how to be best ahead of that and what's 23 going to finish out into so uh it's just good to have those conversations because you know like i said we're all doing the same thing just ultimately maybe getting there a little bit different let's talk about some of those conversations what have you heard talking with different folks here some of those conversations maybe over the breakfast table the dinner table or in some of the sessions you guys have or just here on the on the trade show floor i mean what are some of the biggest things you're hearing right now what are concerns etc for folks yeah yeah i think right now the one thing that i'm hearing most people talk about from a dealer perspective standpoint and, and even on the on the end user side of it is I really didn't think interest rates were going to be something that we'd have a big concern about, but I also didn't take into consideration the the, the price of equipment that's going to be associated with those mm-hmm. interest rates. So, you know, as you take a look back in the past and what you've seen there and where we're at now, uh, the price of equipment, and then, you know, you start talking about depending on where you're at between six and a half and eight percent interest rates, depending on where you fall on that spectrum. You start looking at some pretty serious money being attached to these to these inter- to these machines as far as interest goes, and that's starting to play a factor a little bit in what you know how people are looking at the business and what customers are doing, buying decisions, those kind of things. So, I think we're starting to see some more "quote unquote" creative uh, financing kind of come in that we saw maybe more in that you know uh, 16, 17, 18 time frame mm-hmm. where leasing was starting to play more of an option, and I could see leasing as as I can't say right now that I'm seeing a bunch of leasing stuff come in, but I can start seeing it 
being more in the conversation over the next 18 months than we've seen right now. That's interesting. And uh, Andy Campbell brought that up in the last segment too, talking financing and interest rates and how, you know, looking at some of that used market yeah. and et cetera. And, you know, I posed the question, and I'll pose the same thing to you. I know some farmers may have a little bit of money in the bank just with the last few years of good commodity prices, et cetera. But to your point, higher interest rates, sure. you know, maybe they're wanting to hold back some money here this year for operating costs next year. They may be saying, well, you know, this tractor is a few years old. I think I can get another year or two out of it. Uh, to your point, it, it feels like that's going to be kind of a push pull. I think here as we get towards the end of the year is do I commit any cash that I have, or do I take out a, an operating, you know, or a, a loan with a higher interest rate on a new piece of equipment? Yeah. Do I lease? I think that's kind of some of the push pull we're going to have, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. The other side of that too, I think there's more, there's more transition on the, on, on farm and farming around than we've seen the past sure. generationally. So there's yeah. a lot of folks that are, you know, they've, they've, they were going, you know, they're kind of at the tail end of their career and they're looking at maybe, Hey, this is when I'm going to punch out. And you start looking at some of these multi-generational uh, family farms that are coming back in that have people coming back in and you don't have necessarily, uh, you know, farmer a down the road doesn't have someone come back. So you start to look at some of that, some of that growth structure that's coming into that. And I think that's going to start playing into what we see as far as buying decisions. We start looking at, at some of the equipment that's out there and strictly because, you know, you pick up a, with the way the equipment is now, you can pick up, several acres and not really have to add anything mm -hmm. um because of capacity we see now but some of that stuff you could see kind of falling into that so that i think there's a more of a factor there of the next you know three to five years how that's going to affect the overall marketplace is going to be interesting to watch how that plays out um interesting to see you know we got maybe one more rate hike here yeah. at the fed and what that looks like so i guess as you're watching that transition and those things take play 24 is going to be an interesting start. And I think mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to watch that first quarter of 24 and how, you know, the auction markets and, and the interest rates play together and what's that look like. And I think that's going to be a tell of what 24 is going to end up being uh, as we go through the next three quarters uh, of 24 there. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point, Casey. And uh, just watching as well, something that Andy and I talked about in the last segment is, you know, trade-in value, especially on something like a planter, if someone's retrofitted that, I didn't think about this, but that could hamper some of the trade-in value yeah. if you're looking to move an old piece of equipment on uh, and get something different. So that's, I think that's a whole other yeah. piece of the piece of the pie here, so to speak. Yeah. You know, planters are unique, an animal right now, especially because every manufacturer now has the capability of doing some kind of an upgrade kit that yep. you can look at, whether, and that can go back as old as you want it to be when you're looking through those, uh, uh, those machines so it, it'll be interesting to watch that play because you know those have been out for i don't know 10 years almost 10 years now you've, mm -hmm. you've done, been able to do that and it's been within the last three years that you've really seen it take hold and really sure uh, get grounded in there so it'll be interesting to watch how those how that plays out what's that look like and what's that look like when you when you trade in the the upgrade kit and to get another upgrade kit and those kind of things so it'll be interesting to watch how that plays out we're talking with Casey Seymour from Moving Iron LLC here at the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville. Casey, what are some other conversations you're hearing? I, I know interest rates are kind of dominating the conversation. Mm -hmm. Anything else you're hearing from the industry folks here and dealers uh, that they're paying attention to as we near the end of the year? Yeah, I think I think it's just what's the end of the year, you know, buy, typical buying cycle going to look like. And there's okay. some folks there that are. I, I'm pretty optimistic about what that looks like going into the year because I think there's some cash out there that, that guys are going to want to upgrade a few things. 
um, and take a look at us. I think that's a, a look. We've watched some auction values come through that have um, held pretty strong up to about the last couple of, of sales, and now we've kind of watched them um, kind of sputter a little bit. So is that a is that a blip on the radar? Is that a new trend line that we're getting set up? So kind of watching that play out. But, you know, as I kind of watch this auction, end-of-the-year auction thing take place, we've seen a lot of big auctions early this year that you typically typically don't see till august september october mm -hmm. and uh, watching that play out that's going to be interesting to, to watch that play anything you're seeing on the auction market that's that hot right now is it row crop tractors uh, i know we got a big supply of combines are we talking you know semis and trailers and spreaders sprayers i mean yep. anything you're seeing right now you know it seems like if what i've watched as far as row crop tractors go they've been holding their value and, and guys have been doing that um one point of concern, I think, a little bit, maybe some combines, and you know, combines are combines. It, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, up until probably two or three sales, last two or three sales that I've watched of of, of magnitude, um, I watched one sale in particular that was a little softer than I would have anticipated based on what I saw beforehand. And um, there's another sale right after that that had similar numbers. So I don't know if we're developing a trend line or just in that. If you're kind of in that combine buying mode right now depending on where you're at you may already your window to buy a new combine pre-harvest is kind of passed mm -hmm. and you're kind of basically south of i-80 if you're kind of you're you're looking at some high moisture corn getting getting harvested and those kind of things so if you're kind of moving into that northern part of it we're kind of getting close to that window now where that pre-harvest buying is kind of kind of that window is kind of closing and i think as you look at post you know mid-october november sure. time frame that's when you're going to start seeing more of this maybe some uplifting prices i think right now what we're seeing right now i'm not going to put a lot of stock into that until i see something in november october time frame that that kind of re reaffirms that something to keep our eyes open and watch and uh, i know we'll we'll talk with you more as we kind of get yep. to that time frame and get through harvest season here casey if folks want to uh learn more about moving iron llc they want to check out your podcast they maybe want to stay up to date learn more about the 2024 moving iron summit yep. uh obviously you know this year's uh, gonna be wrapping up here in a, a day or so but if folks want to learn more and kind of stay in touch how can they do that go to moving iron llc.com you can find everything moving iron related or if you're looking for the podcast it's moving iron podcast and it's anywhere you can find podcasts so. now you told me you haven't been outside much here in the last couple of days you've been busy here so mm -hmm. what what's the one thing that you're looking forward to doing in nashville before you head home i love going out with the fellows man you get to see all these guys <laughs> once a year and, and we'll, we'll see if we can't get into a or a little organized chaos tonight, I guess. A little little organized chaos on yeah. Broadway. Maybe some hot chicken thrown in there. Maybe, yeah. yeah potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you need some recommendations, I'll tell you when we when we hop off the air. That sounds good, here. man. Casey Seymour, Moving Iron LLC, host of the Moving Iron Podcast. Casey, uh, thanks so much for having me uh, here at the Summit, and we appreciate you being on AOA. Jesse, I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk uh, more before we wrap up the show. We're going to talk with Merritt Auctions here from the Moving Iron Summit and kind of hit on some of the uh, same things that we've been touching on here with Casey and Andy Campbell as well on the show. AOA Today brought to you by Cenex, Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, oil that runs smart. We'll be back with more here on Agriculture of America on the way right after this.
You are not your diagnosis. A medical chart is not your identity. And vision loss does not define you. Your drive shows who you are. And you are not alone. Because we are driven too. To be a beacon of strength. A champion of courage. An advocate for hope. You are not alone. Because we are stronger together. We drive the research for the cures we are finding. We're fighting macular degeneration. Retinitis pigmentosa. Usher syndrome. And the entire spectrum of blinding retinal diseases. We fund. We fight. We We win. We, we, we We are are the Foundation foundation Fighting fighting Blindness. Together, we are fighting blindness. Join the fight at fightingblindness.org. I'll take dig a little, learn a lot for 30 bushels. Soft and crumbly. Tom. How does healthy soil feel to the touch? Correct. Dig a little for 40 bushels. Sweet and earthy. Tom. What does healthy soil smell like? Yes, go again. Dig a little for 50 bushels. Dark, porous, and alive. Tom. What does healthy soil look like? You win. Understanding the basics and benefits of healthy soil can make your farm a winner, too, through lower input costs, better yields, and drought protection, which can lead to a healthier bottom line for your business. Contact your local Natural Resources Conservation Service office today to find out how you can unlock the secrets in your soil. This message brought to you by USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service and this radio station. This is Around the Table, where we explore the benefits of cooperative ownership. Today, we're talking with Gary Tucker, Director of Environmental Health and Safety with CHS Transportation and Logistics, about Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Why are drivers so important to agriculture? First, consider that the agriculture industry is the largest single user of freight capacity in the United States, and over 80% of that is uh, done on a truck, which accounts for about 20% of the total movement. And really, that's just accounting for products as they go to market. It also, trucking brings the products, the inputs that farmers need to do their jobs, fertilizer, feed and fuel, so that farmers can grow their crops. Well, Gary, what technologies are helping to make transportation safer and more efficient? It's hard to imagine a major fleet operating today without telematics. Telematics provide a platform for real-time communication, routing support, uh, track drivers available work hours, dispatch and monitor your loads, and plan vehicle maintenance or repairs. It's really an essential tool. On the safety side, maybe one of the leading things that's, that's coming to the fore right now is in-cab cameras with artificial intelligence technology. Let's say the driver throughout the course of the day has become fatigued, or maybe they've forgotten to put on their seatbelt, something like that. The camera can actually detect that and notify the driver, give them some feedback, and hopefully you know, help them to correct that issue before it becomes a problem. What job opportunities are available in trucking at cooperatives and agribusinesses? Our industry is hiring as we are hiring. Uh, The industry is definitely challenged by an aging workforce. Guys are taking advantage of the opportunity to go and retire, take their well-deserved retirements. And it's created a lot of need and a lot of opportunity for people that want to be drivers. But it's really not just drivers. We also need mechanics. Mechanics are critical to this industry. We need logistics specialists, warehouse workers, and even safety specialists to support all what's going on. Well, thank you for joining us around the table. Learn more about the benefits of cooperative ownership at cooperativeownership.com. 
Get uniform control in your fields with trusted, hardworking Lucento fungicide. Control the toughest diseases with a dual mode of action fungicide that consistently outperforms the competition and field trials. Lucento fungicide from FMC works overtime for lasting control to help improve crop yields. Talk about getting the job done. Visit your FMC retailer or lucento.ag.fmc.com for hardworking control in your fields. Always read and follow all legal directions. At Bayer, we think farmers have made enough trade-offs. That's why we created VT4 Pro with RNAi technology, so you don't have to choose between yield potential or our widest spectrum of insect protection. You get both. And you're even protected against notorious pests like corn earworm and corn rootworm. Visit vt4pro.com to trade up without the trade-offs. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Copyright 2023 Bear Group. Always reserved. Information America's farmers and ranchers need. AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Welcome back to AOA Agriculture of America. As we're getting ready to wrap up from the Moving Iron Summit in Nashville, Tennessee here today. Jesse Allen back with you in the show today. Brought to you by Cenex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. Everyday products powered locally. That's Cenex. We're having a lot of great conversations here today about what is hot in the equipment market. How are things shaping up as we get towards the end of the year? And right now we want to talk a little more on the auction market. Joining us, Zach Heiner with Merit Auction. Zach, good to talk with you here. Thanks for joining us on AOA today. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time. Merit Auctions, you guys are new as of January. Can you give us just a little bit of background uh, on the company for us? Yeah, so new name here in the auction market, but, uh, you know, we've been in the auction business for a long time. Uh, we, I think on our website there says 100 years of combined experience, which mm -hmm. I think we're probably over that now more because we just, you know, been hiring and growing. But uh, January 1, uh, John Probasco, myself, uh, Jim Huff, and, and a couple of us rolled over and started this Merit Auctions. And, and uh, you know, we kind of kind of knew what we were getting into, but didn't know what we were getting into. And we 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 <laughs> we, we, we took off here and hit the ground running. And and uh, you know, we got a lot of sales booked that's not on the website right now. We're getting ready to post a lot of sales, but we've had sure. uh, several big dealer sales here since we started off. We just got done with one there on August thirty first for Ag Pro. You know, a lot of combines. I think there was thirty thirty two combines in that sale, and wow. uh, we, we had one a couple weeks before that for Ziegler Cat. You know, scattered up there from. Minnesota down in Missouri so we're we're getting out there and we're we're we're, we're still involved and we, we sell a lot of real estate and a lot of farm ground too well let's let's talk about some of this and let's, let's start with the equipment side since we're here at the moving iron summit what, what's some of the trends you're seeing you mentioned uh, some of those sales there uh, a lot of a lot of different pieces of equipment kind of going through the auction market right now I mean is there a trend you're seeing here, Zach, as far as what's working through the auction system? You know, in the last uh, maybe 60 to 90 days, we saw a lot of combines get, uh, you know, that got uh, into the auction market that I, you know, we kind of knew it was coming, but they, they probably came a little quicker than what we were, were maybe expecting. You know, I think maybe the end of June is when we started seeing some of those start really showing up and you know, I've been, I've been doing this for almost 20 years and had a lot of big dealer sales over the years, but uh, I guess I thought you would see more of the, you know, two, three, four, five machines here and there, but the uh, boy, it started showing up again that you would, you would go to one sale or one auction, whether it be ours or somebody else's, and you had 10 or 15 of the same model, same hours to choose from. And that's, 
you know, I, I think uh, from the dealer asking prices that the what we were seeing and, and where some of those first ones were landing in was a little bit bigger gap than we used to been seeing. But I think we're establishing a new base there, you know, um, and a lot of the farmers that I'm talking to, I, you know, I, I think they're just maybe sitting on their hands just a little bit here to see what crops out there. We had a little uncertainty in the weather this year. I live in mm -hmm. northern Indiana, but you know, dry in June, but I think, I think we're going to have a good crop. And I, I think come December, we're going to see some more of those combines, but I, I, I think we're going to see a little bit better positive numbers than what we just saw, but sure. Yeah. Uh, we've talked a lot today about interest rates has been a big topic of conversation here among industry folks and dealers and more. Is that something you're kind of hearing? Is that a concern for anyone who's looking to buy, you know, new equipment? I'd have to think it's a concern with 7% interest rates. Yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, the big John Deere sale we just had, you know, they offered uh, John Deere financing on them. I think it was 5.9 was the rate, you know, and I, it always, it's always interesting to me, you know, the, everybody procrastinates and they wait a day or two before the sale and you know mm -hmm. they're calling in checking out those interest rates but there was a lot of interest in that 5.9 rate compared to what you know their local bank or their whatever was lending at so yeah i think the i think the operators are watching that you know that that interest rate quite a bit and makes a difference makes a difference on it there was a there was another uh dealer sale that i saw a while back there and they had a lower interest rate and how they were offering that i don't know and you can you can look at those numbers and they show up talk to me about land a little bit because we haven't talked about that at all here uh, on today's show and obviously you think about some of that prime farm ground in the i states iowa illinois indiana you know, continuing to go at some fairly lofty levels. Uh, I mean, what's this land market looking like? It feels like things are holding their value right now. Yeah, that's you know, that's a that's a that's a, that's a different thing than the equipment, of course. And there's a lot of outside money we're seeing coming into that. I mean, a lot of people just have never, you know, I've I've been in the real estate thing for almost 20 years, but you're still seeing people that just never have even looked at buying farm ground that that are interested in buying farm ground, and I think that's going to really hold that value up for a long time and the, and the interest probably is not quite the factor on that is it farmers and ranchers is uh, it outside developers looking to buy land i mean what, yeah, what is it i would say you know i would say a, a majority of it is still ending up in the in the farmers or the neighbors okay. in the area but there is a lot of outside money pushing it to that level um you know it's just it's every every sale is a little unique and a little different but when you really start looking at it and dissecting back to where it is and if you get that third position back running it up it's it's usually some outside money that uh, whether it just be somebody that retired and sold a business that they had you know three four states away and somebody told mm -hmm. them they need to buy a piece of illinois indiana farm ground they're they're still in there pushing it pretty good do you see a difference if uh, a piece of farm grounds maybe on the edge of a expanding metropolitan area i think of like des moines iowa for instance yeah. continuing to expand out do you see a difference if a land sale is on the edge of a big metro area versus in a highly rural area oh yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah absolutely and, and you know it's just i think it's just uh you know people people looking at that and look at the future potential of it and sure in the meantime it is someplace safe to put their money in the uncertainty that we're kind of seeing right now in in the market well, I know uh, you mentioned the website, uh, meritauctions.com. Uh, I know that's a great place for folks to start to kind of learn more, see a lot of you guys' upcoming auctions, and uh, and be able to work with you guys, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Contacts are on there, and I mean, you can get signed up on our email blast or our mailing list if you're interested in equipment. And, and like I said, we have a, we got a lot of sales coming up here, some farm retirement sales and some other dealer sales that will be posted here shortly. You think uh, end of the year is going to be pretty busy? Yeah, you know, I think on the uh, on the farm retirement side, you know, uh, the 2022, uh, 
a lot of guys that anybody that was thinking got of getting out jumped out in that 21 22 area when those equipment prices were so high i don't think we're going to see quite as many farm retirement sales but i think we're going to see uh, you know the dealer sales and, and and that like we always have or maybe even a higher number than we have in the past well folks can learn more again merit auctions m-e-r-i-t meritauctions.com with that Zach Heiner from Merritt Auctions. Thanks for joining us here at the Moving Iron Summit. We appreciate the time. Hey, thanks for having me on. And that is going to do it for today's episode of AOA, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Coming up tomorrow, we'll talk with Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley, Dan Hallstrom from the U.S. Meat Export Federation, and more. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Have a fantastic rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to AOA. On the latest episode of The Monthly Grind, we talked corn as a feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel with Sarah McKay and John Del Motti from NCGA's Market Development Action Team. Essentially, when we say SAF or sustainable aviation fuel, that is fuel that is produced from sustainable feedstocks like corn, which is you know pretty much identical in chemistry to the traditional petro-based jet fuel, but is made from, from corn, whether it's from corn oil in one of those pathways for SAF, or you can also do an ethanol to jet but that alcohol pathway is also another pathway that can be pursued for sustainable aviation fuel. When I look at the, the fuels market as a whole, is there's discussions around the automotive market maybe moving more toward electric. We sort of have to ask ourselves, so what happens to that ethanol demand? SAF creates a huge, huge market for that product. And ultimately, the bigger point is, is it creates demand for coal. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the Monthly Grind. It's a show you don't want to miss. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives with your gifts. Your heart could keep beating. Your kidneys could keep filtering. And your intestines could keep on digesting for others. And that's not all. You can improve the lives of 50 more people as an eye and tissue donor. Restoring sight and health. And you're not just helping out the person receiving the transplant. You're touching whole families with your life-saving gift. Register in minutes. Just go to organdonor.gov. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Sign up today. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration.